Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Let's Talk About It, the podcast. My name is Cheryl. I am your co-host, and this is Soterica. And Soterica is my daughter, and each and every Tuesday, we come to you live through our Facebook, um, Instagram, and YouTube channels. Um, We are a mother-daughter podcast. We're based in Columbia, Missouri. And we just like to sit down and, and have a candid discussions about those issues that are affecting the black and brown communities. Um, so every Tuesday at seven o'clock Central Standard Time, you can catch us here. Um, each month we intend to do a theme around important topics and, and issues that we plan to discuss. So um, if anyone wants to have any type of topic in, in it, something significant which is going on, um, definitely feel free to hit us up at talkaboutit65201 at gmail.com. That's talkaboutit65201 at gmail.com. Tonight, we have a special guest with us, and her name is Michelle Franklin. But before I actually introduce Michelle, um, Soterica, because tonight's topic is um, we do make mention of sexual assault and rape and um, those type of uh, issues which are affecting uh, our communities. So uh, before we introduce Michelle, Soterica is going to come on and uh, she just kind of want to give you a share about little information about, you know, triggers and stuff. <clears throat> so with this episode, this episode will contain discussion about anxiety, depression, panic attacks, PTSD, as well as um, rape and assault. So if you know anyone out there that is going through situations like this or has been in situations like this, we strongly encourage you all to seek help and guidance. Um, Later on, we will post some of those resources for you, um, the National Assault Sexual Hotline, as well as the National Alliance on help. Again, um, if you or someone has been through situations like this, definitely get those resources and reach, and reach out. Definitely. Um, why should we be having a topic such as sexual assault? Um, well, according to the National Black Women's Justice Association, um, Black women are disproportionately affected or at risk of sexual violence. Um, their st- statistics indicate that nearly one in five black women are survivors of a sexual violence assault, or 41% of us black women um, may be in a situation sometime during our life as to where we may be presented with a sexual coercion or um, some type of unwanted sexual talk. So these are important issues that we believe that need to come to the table uh, mm-hmm. to discuss. So uh, our guest tonight, Michelle Franklin, she has a little bit of story about her own um, journey and her own experience with this uh, with sexual violence. However, I don't want it to all be, I know this is heavy stuff, but yes. it's very heavy. But mm-hmm. rest assured, there's going to be some light from her story coming at the end of the tunnel. And um, well, without further ado, I'm going to let Michelle introduce you as to who she is. Go ahead, Michelle. 
Thank you. I just want to first off say thank you so much for even having me as a guest on the show. It is an honor and a privilege. And um, just always, I think, a blessing to be able to share, you know, your journey. Um, And that's what I feel like it is, a journey. So first off, my name is Michelle Franklin, uh, Michelle Allen Franklin. I call myself Mrs. Michelle D.I. because I don't believe in coincidence. It's only God's divine intervention in our lives. And so I have learned to Romans 8 and 28. That is the good, the bad, and the crazy. It's all working together, every situation. And so I know that this is heavy tonight, but um, understand even in the valley, honey, the darkness uh, is there, but there's light inside of you. God is always with us through each and every situation. And so I'm looking forward to this conversation tonight. Yeah. Well, we definitely are very, we feel blessed to even have you, you know, here and in our presence and accepting our invitation um, to come on to the podcast. We, when we read, read your bio and got to learn a little bit more about you, my daughter, Eric was like, oh yeah, she, this is, this is, uh, <laughs> this is the lady, mom. We need to, oh, you know, have you. her on the show here because um, we, you know, connected with your story in so many yes. ways. Um I want to go, you, you have spoken, I know, candidly about um, your sexual assault experience and everything mm-hmm. around about the age of 20. Um, do you sh- do you mind sharing some of mm-hmm. that with us and for the viewers tonight? No, not at all. And so, um, you know, some people are like, oh my gosh, why are they talking about that? And, and this is the reason, because there is such stigma in our community about, you know, what goes on in the house stays in our house or so much embarrassment or whatever about the things that have happened. And my thing is if that we don't have conversation about this guys, one, you're going to think that you're alone in your situation. Mm-hmm. And that is definitely a lie. Just like you said, statistically one in five, that's a lot of women. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I always tell people, cause I like to give you a visual. If you sit up and think about you're just, you're building at work. Or you think about when you go to church and you count it off. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three. How many people, right? Go to the Walmart or to the store. One, two, three, four, five. It's a lot of people, right? That are that are um that are affected. And so for me, it was an ex-boyfriend. I had um um was talking to a guy right after I was divorced. I was married early talking to a guy right after divorce. And uh, long story short, I think, you know, he thought we had broke up and I had moved on to the next boyfriend and he thought, you know, he could just come over and it was still going to be the same as what it was before. And, um, and when I said, no, it just went downhill from there. And, um, you know, the, the the crazy part about the whole thing is that we blame ourselves for these things. You know, and I think that's why it's so important to have these conversations, because I was I was about 19, 20 years old when that happened. I did not tell anybody. I didn't talk about it. I hardly even acknowledged it in my mind because I feel like some things happen to us. If you acknowledge that thing. Right. Some stuff I have you laid over. And we don't have time to be laid over. We got to go to work. We got to take care of these babies. We got to go to school. We got we got stuff to do. We don't have time to be thinking about this. So I did not even process it in my mind and call it what it was for almost 20 years later. 
And so I just kept, all I remembered is that I had a test on Friday. I was in nursing school. I needed to study for my test. And I had, I need to get, you know, I need to get myself together so that I can uh, go pick this baby, this baby girl up from from daycare. You know what I mean? Like you just kind of go on, and um, and I think that's the tragic part is that, you know, we as as African Americans we have this thing of uh, the superwoman complex. Yes, we do. And so we can carry it all, and we carry all the burden, and there's this honor in that, and that's beautiful, right? But some of this stuff is heavy, <laughs> right? It's too heavy and we're not supposed to carry it and pick it up from the jump. And so um, I carry that thing, not even knowing that it was affecting me uh, spiritually, you know, emotionally in my body. I ended up gaining, I was about 120 pounds, 24 pounds or so when the situation happened. I started gaining weight subconsciously after that. Hmm. Why? Because emotionally, somewhere in my body, I said, oh, nobody's going to be able to pick and move me up like this man did ever again. Did I have a conscious conversation? I didn't. Right. But that happens to us. The protection mechanism, my body took over and it's going to protect me now. Now, a hundred and so pounds, a hundred and almost 150 pounds later is when I realized years, you know, years after, almost 20 some years after why I had gained the weight. Why, you know, what was what was my body trying to protect me from? Right. And so it's important for us to have the conversations with ourselves, you know, and not block these things out. Right. I know, too, I, I, you know, I've heard you said that um, of what it took you maybe to like 40 something years old before you began to realize who you were. Yeah. So do you think that... Um, potentially going through the trauma that comes with sexual assault and everything that you kind of, that calls for um, a dissociation from the identity. Because I know that when I've worked with, you know, uh, kids, you know, that have been, you know, abused as, as children, whether sexually or, you know, physical abuse, you know, they, they tend to, you know, put on the protective cover. Oh yeah. Kind of forget. Mm-hmm. So, I'm just wondering if, if that's kind of what some things may have been going on with you, you know, SMA, you, when you finally realized, hey, look, this is who I am. So do you think that maybe that going through that trauma there had something to disassociate you? Oh, definitely. Definitely. And for me, um, you know, unfortunately, I've had multiple traumas that have happened to me. And so um, I think that it happens to a lot of us where, you know, we just keep going. You know, again, we don't acknowledge anything. You know, you have children that have been molested. I was molested by two of my cousins. Um, you know, I I had I had sex the first time that I had sex. I was 14 years old. I had an abortion. I didn't process these things. You know what I mean? These are all kind of traumatic things. I was younger, 16 years old. My stepmother assaulted me, choked me. You know what I mean? I we we don't process these things as traumatic events, right? We just kind of keep going like, oh, you know, oh, I'm just going up to Big Mama's house or I'm just, you know, we're just going on to work or we're going on to school. People that are close to us have, you know, have done things to us. It's this big family secret. Nobody's talking about it. And so everybody's just kind of going on. And so you do kind of because you're not allowed to 
um, you know, express yourself and feeling. You're not allowed to. Your body is still feeling it. You you feel it, even though it's buried off in there. It's showing up. You know, it's showing up in unworthiness. It's showing up as, you know, procrastination. It's showing up as shame and guilt in your belly. Like it's showing up, you know, in your life and the decisions that you're making, the men that you're choosing, the women that you're allowing, because it happens to men too. But um, it shows up. But unfortunately, it takes sometimes you having a, a, a moment of breakdown. I had to get intentional about looking at the things in my life. Because again, it all kind of went over my head. Mm -hmm. And so I had no idea that I had an issue with unworthiness. I had no idea that the shame and guilt was there. I had no idea it was all there because I just I just went on. I definitely disassociated, you know, myself. And that's a protection mechanism that most of us do. It's a it's kind of a go-to. The disassociation is we don't talk about it. We don't, we're not, we're not acknowledging, we're not even acknowledging that the things are happening, right? And so um, just going and being and doing is what I call it. We're just going and being and doing. And it is a survival, it is definitely a survival technique. So do you think that, I know, do you think that like some of the shame and some of the guilt and that and that that attitude or the, the, the feeling that, oh, I gotta keep going, I gotta keep going, I gotta get, keep going. Do you think that some of that is that because within the black community, these are just things that you just don't talk about, or, oh, yeah. you know, or, you know. Oh, it's definitely, yeah. yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely stigma, you know, all in the African-American community. Um, again, what goes on in my house stays in my house, you know, as far as the molestations we know about, you know, uncles and friends, boy, mama's boyfriends, and you know what I mean? And those people that have touched inappropriately and different things that have gone on and no one is talking about it. Um, and so it does, um, it, it makes you, it shrinks you down. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? If it, it shrinks your voice, it makes you feel as if, you know, you're not worthy because you were not acknowledged. Right. Um, and so it's hard to all of a sudden just take those things away, especially things that we developed as children. Mm -hmm. You know, we just processed those things and we just kept going and we don't even have any idea that we have been affected in this way. I had no idea. I had to literally start looking very intentionally. I had to start praying, Lord, show me, even with the rape, the lady, I went to a stuck conference and it was, it was, um, it's Jeannie Allen. It's a Bible study conference. And the lady, um, the facilitator, she said, you know, what are a few things that you're stuck in? Well, my weight was one of them. I had been, you know, big at that point for some years. And so she said, well, well, what is what is the one thing you're stuck in? And I said, I, I want to focus on my weight. She said, um, she said, well, when did it start? When did you start having this issue? And I was like, well, man, it's been a long time. I don't really know. You know what I mean? When it started, and she said, don't worry about it. She said, if you can't really remember, don't worry about it. She said, just just pray about it. And she said, it'll come to you. So, you know, we did our little conference that night. Everybody, we prayed and we went on. She said, it'll come to you. So, you know, I didn't think too much about it, but I went in with the intention, Lord, just show me. Mm -hmm. I get home that night. I start having these flashes. All I could see is me fighting 
fighting, 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 fighting from the bathroom to the room, to the closet, on the bed, in the bathroom, on the counter, all over. I fought for what felt like forever, right? And I think part of my shame was definitely the fact that I just finally gave up. I remember, and when I remember when I first, this I know was PTSD too, because I used to be able to feel, still feel the weight of the fight in my arms when I first started telling the story. I could still feel it, fighting, fighting, fighting. And I remember just being tired. And I finally thought, man, if I just lay here, if I just lay here, then it let him just, what, and it'll be over, it'll be done. And that's what happened. He got up, he left. And I had never seen him to this day. I have never seen him again. And it was shame in the fact that I gave up. You know, it was shame. And why would you even let him in the house anyway? He wasn't your boyfriend. He called me and said, hey, can I come over? What do you think was going to happen? What did you think? It's all that negative self-talk that we, you know what I mean? That we tell ourselves again, as if it's our fault that somebody else chose to do something, you know, and violate us in this way. And that is the, that is why the conversation again is so important because we tell ourselves these negative things. I call him the devil. He sits on your shoulder, just yap, 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 and giving you all of this negative. I say, pluck his ass off your shoulder because he's liar. <laughs> right? You got to pluck him off your shoulder because otherwise you're getting all this negative self-talk and you're feeling like it's your fault when it's not. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. And I think that you had, you know, you hit it on the head there, you know, it's not your fault what somebody else has chosen to do. And mm-hmm. I see, you know, I have worked with victims before or survivors. And, you know, one of the things in which they I hear the same thing. Why did I let him do this? Why could have, why did not, why was I having this dream? Mm-hmm. You know, I should have known better and start that same blame. Or stuff like right. that. It's not, you know, um, which kind of blames me to, and I don't want to get too far off the topic, but it kind of does bring me to in my thoughts where we're talking, we're seeing young girls, you know, that goes around. Um, and some people may think that, hey, that this child may be inappropriately dressed for her age, you know, or the fast, you know, um, type of that goes along, you know, with that. Um, still yet, you know, it does not give a grown man or grown woman, somebody that's of age who knows better. You know, mm-hmm. to violate, you know, an individual. Um, now that I'm on that thought of uh, the over-sexualization of Black women, that would be another a podcast. Surely, uh, surely. You know, we have to bring you back to talk more um, about that as well. Um, well, um, I was going to say, because you had mentioned earlier, we had talked about um, as far as in the Black community, why don't we report it? And I mean, because a lot of reasons can be because either one, no one's going to believe you or you're scared because you don't want to mess up a relationship, a friendship relationship through other people. Or you don't want to see somebody going to jail. Someone going to jail or, um, you know, just in general, because, you know, I've been, I am a survivor Mm -hmm. of abuse. You know, I, I have been in that situation where, I felt like I gave up. I, yeah. I did my best to fight it off of me. Surely. The kicking, the whatever it took, the picking up something, 
trying to hit them with it. I did everything that I could. Right. And, um, I mean, I, I, I felt like I had gave up during that time. I felt like I failed and um, mm-hmm. coming home and being depressed and anxiety, mm-hmm. the PTSD. And so um, I know you have mentioned uh, to previous interviewers that you can that you do call yourself a community builder yes. and connector of people or divine and um, intervenist. Yes. <laughs> because it's, it's touching. This is very touching. And yeah. you know, so I just want to make sure that, you know, to our viewers that, you know, this is what we're talking about today. This is real. This is what really happens. And you know, it is okay to speak, to to get out there and go see a therapist, reach yes. out to a friend. Don't be scared. Don't build it in. So, I'm, mm-hmm. so uh, if you could, could you please explain what these terms mean and share some strategies that you are helping people who have been through sexual assault and um, to cope with the trauma of, of all of this? Yes. And so, again, I do. I call myself a community builder. And I didn't just make that up. I took a test. When I was, um, you know, doing my very intentional healing journey, I, you know, just went on this quest of God, show me, you know, whatever you want me to do, show me. And so he led me to fasting. He led me to Louise Hayes mirror work. He led me to um, a program called Rise, which is a 30-day self-healing, self-mastery program. I went to another 90-day program. I've done multiple fasts, 42-day fasts and all these things. And then I ended up in this program that um, where it was very much about who are you, you know, and so we took this test and I thought, you know, I'm thinking, oh, I'm an influencer. I know I can kind of, you know, talk people, people watch me and that whole thing. And a community builder is somebody that encompasses all things. And so not only am I influencer, enhancer, I am one who just bring naturally brings people together. That's who I am to the core of me. I was like, that's about right. Like I love getting information and giving it to other people. Like when I find something else out good, I'm like, oh my God, everybody needs to know this, <laughs> right? I found out these statistics. My big mama and my dad passed away in 2015. I'm a nurse. I've been a nurse for 22 years. And when my big mama and my dad passed away in 2015, you know, I had been sad before, right? But I found myself in this spiral and in this darkness that I just had not ever known before. I didn't know that, you know, me hitting this news button 20 times, you know what I mean? Like I just, I have no energy. I've slept all night and I'm still tired. I had no idea that was associated or a sign of depression. I had no idea that I was driving to work and I would see the white and black blazer that my dad used to drive and I would get triggered and all of a sudden have a panic attack. I didn't know what triggers were, you know what I mean? And so for me, once I found I suffered for about two years before I finally you know, just really was like, okay, girl, something, let's get it together. What's going on? I just was not myself. I was very complacent. I was feeling like, who are you? I had gained more weight. I was 270 pounds. And I was like, who, who are you? You know what I mean? And so it was this very self, um, self-reflective, self-mastery journey that I went on. And so what I know for sure 
is that once you start acknowledging these things that have happened to you, you first have to acknowledge. Yeah. Right. If I if I don't even know that I'm depressed, if I don't even know that these are the signs, how am I fix it? Right. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know that I'm losing space and time and that's why I'm late for work every day. I'm getting written up and everything. And I'm like, I can't really explain it. And my boss asked me one day and I just broke down. I was like, I don't know what's happening. I'm losing time. I don't, you know, I just kind of lost it because I, I didn't really have much control over it. I just knew something happens and I, I it's, I'm early that I'm late. <laughs> you know what I mean? I didn't know I was losing that space and time. And so if you don't know, how are you going to fix it? That's my first thing is that I educate. I'm a nurse educator. And so I give you, you know, a, a depression screening. I give you an anxiety screening. I'm not a therapist. So if you need a therapist to do the PTSD and get officially diagnosed, but I can teach you these signs, <laughs> right? I can teach you some things that, oh, yeah, it might be. You know what I mean? And guide you. Hey, go ahead and go see a therapist and, and look up the appointments and things in your area and help to get you some resources. And so and that's just something that I love to do. And so um, and then, um, you know, the community builder in me, I thought that I was just supposed to talk about these things. I thought, oh, I'll just come on podcast or I'll just teach, you know, about it. And as I was teaching, it was 2021 and I did a um, I was around a, you know, when you're around super good group of people, like just big, powerful people. And I was around this, this group of people with success fest, um, 21. And I did a workshop and I did a, a um, an online teaching with them. Right. And as I'm doing this and I'm around all these dynamic people, something else in me sparked. And I think that's why, it, it does pay to talk about this. It pays to surround yourself around people that are up in high frequency. You know what I mean? It pushes you, right? And so I didn't, I didn't know that I was going to be developing programs. So what I did was I put all of the programs that I have been in that I know work very evidence-based. I started researching more um, and just got very intentional about how can, what else can I do? What else is in out of the 8 billion people? What is in my control? Who can I help? How can I help this thing? And um, and how can I break this stigma? And so as I thought about me, I thought about how people look at me and how I'm perceived. So if you just go down my Facebook page, right? I look real cute. I take really good pictures, <laughs> right? I'm smiling all the time. So yeah. you would never know that I suffer with depression. You would never know that I've suffered with anxiety. You would never know that I had panic attacks if I didn't talk about it, right? And then it is this thing where I, when I got intentional and, and I realized that a lot of this stuff goes back to childhood, the unprocessed trauma, mm -hmm. I was like, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. Oh, people got to know about this. Mm -hmm. There are too many people suffering, you know? And so that is the community builder in me. I, I put a program together. So I have a seven day program. I have a 10, 10 week program. I have a 12 week program. Um, and I'll do one on one with you as well, because, um, you know, a lot of people don't like being in groups. And so it doesn't matter. I'm going to meet you where you are. Um, and, and the other part of it is that I didn't even know that I had the unworthiness in my belly. Like if you would have just asked me, I would have said, girl, you what? What'd you say? No, yeah. I love myself. Yeah. 
But the way it was showing up in my actions, I was picking the wrong men. I was allowing people to run over me. I wasn't, a, you know, I was staying in a relationship way longer than I should stay. You know what I mean? And so uh, I wanted to do things and I couldn't figure out why I couldn't, you know, just keep pushing forward. That's unworthiness in the belly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so now that explains, because I know that you have a, a podcast. Yes. You know, you're on and um, you've been doing some episodes about the pit, the, the, the pit in your belly. or the Yes. What's in the pit of your belly? That's what I call it. What's in the pit of your belly? <laughs> some of that. And I mean, yep powerful you know powerful stuff and i won't thank you it's just a little bit but i want to go back you know to the community building portion up you know um of, as to who you are now on those are you just like getting out there um on the street and then like hey you know um i have this educational stuff that i want to talk to you about how are you doing the outreach portion of of, of your program Yes, I am on social media. I'm in Clubhouse. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook, you know, and a lot of it is word of mouth. You know what I mean? And so and I and then I go and I speak at different women's conferences. So I've gone to Baltimore and spoke at, um, you know, women's conventions up there. I've done a few things here in Texas. And so I just kind of go where uh, people and I and I've kind of in these past couple of years, because initially when I started out, you know, um, I wanted to just help everybody, <laughs> you know, you can never just want to help everybody. Yeah. And so, and then you realize this thing is really, really huge and you can't really help everybody. And so I've kind of just toned it in and put it, put it with women and, um, you know, 27 and older. And I just, I will come and come on platforms like this and whoever will allow me to speak and share my message and I go on the radio and I, you know, I just do different things. I just try to network um, and, and get the word out there and let people know that I'm available. And so and a lot of times I'll get um, referrals from other people that have worked with me in the past. Mm -hmm. And so um, and I love it. It is it's one of those things where it's uncomfortable. You know, I had one person that uh, did my program. Uh, I ran a program for um, 12 weeks. And he said, um, he said, I've been in therapy before and I, I've been in uh, in groups and stuff before. He said, I've never been through anything like this. <laughs> and I said, well, thank you. <laughs> because I, I do feel like um, God has given me a gift and I recognize it that I've been a nurse for 22 years, but I know that this is my gift. And because I hear things differently because of everything that I've been through and I see things differently. And so a lot of times I can tell you what it is within a few minutes of talking to you and I can work out a program for you, you know, and kind of individualize that thing and do a one-on-one. -on -one. So it's a gift and it's, it's a, it's definitely a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as you stated, you're, you're a connector of people. So you are definitely fulfilling your, you know, what you're, you're calling and what you were assigned. Yes, ma'am. So, I mean, I know I can definitely appreciate, you know, you speaking about your journey, your story, you know, uh, because I know that there are so many women that are suffering out there, you yeah. know, silent, and, and they do feel that they are alone, and men too as well. I know we keep saying women, but sexually, you know, assault occurs, you know, regardless of any type of gender, and, we're, you know, going back, it, it, regardless of any type of race or ethnicity, you know. That's right. We do tend to put the focus upon black women is because 
they're either not going, um, they're going unrecorded. Yes. Or code of silence, which is out there. And women are suffering, you know, mentally, you know, mm -hmm. and it's leading to, you know, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, you know, uh, 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 problems with our legal system, you know, yes. uh, mass incarceration. So, and if we are not talking about these things, if we're not, you know, having these platforms where it's okay to talk about these things, yep. and, you know. Safe um, space is important. Safe space and support and all that. You know, I'm much rather for it to be talked about you know, whether it's be, you know, in a group together, you know, uh, someone's house or, you know, in a church or, you know, or whatever. Um, I'd much rather for it to be talked about than sit there and let people sit, you know, and suffer in silence. Um, and to the educational portion, you know, because I may not personally have experienced something like that, you know, me as an individual, you know, but well, let me, let me yes. go and get the education. Let me get the education so, so that I can also teach my yeah, children, that's right, my grandchildren, you know, right. exactly. And I think sexual education, you know, we, we leave it up to the schools, you know, to do this education. But I think that sexual education can also, it should be taught up in our homes. Yeah. And I say that from a perspective, from a legal professional, because I get these cases that we've been working upon that involve a sexual assault. And of course, you know, we're working up on the criminal defense side and everything. Mm -hmm. Hold on, stop. First of all, we have to have some education, both with the uh, the alleged victim and the person who has been accused of doing these things. There's got to be some education, and we have to start young, you know, starting out young, so that we are aware, you know, of the legal ramifications of what would happen. Because I don't think that the legal ramifications get talked as much, you know, as uh, as it should. Yeah. Um, I definitely agree. Yeah. Um, I know that you, you know, we, we were talking about your ministry and everything. Um, do you think that your spirituality definitely helped you to, you know, with your experience and everything? Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. Like I said, I... I got saved at 16 years old. And so, um, and one of the, the, the pastor that was preaching, uh, Bishop Odell Lee, he, he preached that day on Lot's wife. The message was don't look back. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I remembered that just, uh, just, just a few months ago. And I thought how much that still applies to my life, yeah. you know, and how much, it is, it is the, the, you know, we're taking a, a minute to look at what happened to you. But the other part of it is, it's, it's in preparation for the future. What I believe and what I found to be true is that anytime, I call him the devil, so people are not comfortable with it, but that's what I call him. He's, he's just evil. Uh, anytime the devil is after you and and attacking you at a young age and i'm talking to molestation and you know sometimes you have parents that might talk to you crazy or haven't treated you well or you know father's not showing up and that whole thing like all of the stuff right anytime that you feel like you've been attacked at some point at a young age that's purpose on your life i feel like yeah. the devil gets really busy when you when you have purpose on your life and he will get you early i think mm -hmm. about the story of moses and as a baby yeah. how he killing all the boys in the land right, right. why because he knew what this boy's potential was going to be yeah. and the devil knows your potential they say they know god knows you in your mother's womb right yes 
And let me tell y'all this story. So when my mom was pregnant with me and she found out she was having a girl, because I have an older brother, when she found out she was having a girl, my mom prayed. She said, I'm the reason that she knows that there's a God. She said, because she prayed that I would utilize my voice because she didn't feel like she could. And she, this is funny because she said the first time she heard me cussing, I was about 14. She said, I knew God, God was going to use me in a way. <laughs> I always thought that was funny. She said, oh, ain't nobody going to run over this one. God had answered my prayers. <laughs> I always thought that was so funny, but I didn't, I didn't know. Right. I didn't even know. I heard, heard that story over and over again. And it really just dawned on me that my voice is my gift. That is what I'm using to bless everybody. That is what I'm doing. I'm showing up. I'm educating. I'm teaching. Right. I'm utilizing my voice. And so, um, you know, you have people that think I'm spiritual, whatever, and all of this stuff. And that's great. There's no judgment. Right. But I know that there's something greater outside of me and inside of me. Amen. That is going to keep me, you know, moving in dark, moving when I'm in those dark, those dark valleys. You know what I mean? Stuff is going to happen. People are always kind of like, how can bad things happen to you if there's a God? Well, stuff is going to happen. The Bible does not promise that things are not going to happen to us, but it does promise that God is going to walk with us through each and everything. Amen. Right. There's always light on the other side. Always light. And the other thing is, is, is the spirituality helps me because. Again, when I say Romans 8 and 28, that means all things are working together, right? I could look at everything that has happened to me and say, I'm a victim or this this happened to me and and I could be angry, right? Or I can look at everything how I choose to look at it and say, Lord, what, what do you want me to do with this information, Lord? How can I reach back and help somebody else get through? And because I got through, I'm going to get my Harriet Tubman on and I'm going to reach back and I'm going to help somebody else. I'm going to get you. I'm coming back for you. You know, I had to get in a good healing space first and now I can come back and get some other people. Right. That's that Harriet Tubman spirit. And we all have it. You know, we all have it. But it's a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. I, I agree with you totally 100,000 percent. It is a beautiful <laughs> it is. thing. And they said the, the most powerful thing in the black and brown community is your voice. Yes. yes. And it, 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 it is. is. Um, so with with everything just said um, about the, you know, go get your Harriet Tubman on. And I really love that. Mm-hmm. So um, what is it that you believe empowers women, more specifically the black women, to speak up after their sexual abuse or assault? One thing that I know for sure is that there's a lot of manipulation and there's a lot of lies. There's a lot of fear. And so um, it could be very well and easy and very cute for us to sit up and say, just tell somebody. Right. But there are some people that are in some situations and some people you need a plan. Yeah. You know what I mean? You need a plan. And and so I would say utilize your resources. Mm -hmm. Know that you're not alone, because one thing that I know for sure, and anytime I've been in a in a little negative state of mind. I felt so alone. 
you know, you feel as if you're the only one. And the devil's up there sitting up there telling you, don't nobody care about you. Don't nobody care about what you're going through. Ain't nobody going to listen to you. Ain't nobody going to believe you. Blah, 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 blah. All of the stuff, right? Yeah. But it is, know that that's a lie. Know that you need to come up with a plan. Utilize your resources. 211 in every state, right, can help you get to a safe space, a safe house. I was driving one day. Um, I'm in Texas right now. I was driving to Baltimore and went into a gas station. It was a quick stop. K-W-I-K. It was a quick gas station. On the back of the toilet, it said the quick gas station was a safe house. I said, I had never even heard of that. Right. Never heard of it, that it was a safe location. And if you went up to the quick uh, to, the, to the teller and told them you needed a safe space. And I thought, man, there are resources around us that we don't even know. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so um, I would say, understand that you're not alone. Mm-hmm. You know, utilize your resources, get you a plan. You know, you may not have the money, but there are people out there that are willing and able uh, that will help you. And so, um, but utilizing your resources is the, is the biggest thing. Your friends, your coworkers, you know, that whole thing. Sometimes people believe too, um, you know, they'll go and then they'll come back and they'll go and they'll come back. You know, I know, I know plenty of people, you know, uh, people that I've loved and people that I don't know that have been in situation. They left, they came back, they left. And they came back and then family's like, oh, we ain't going to get them no more. Mm-hmm. You know, and it might be I'm for, I'm for real this time. Yeah. And so I just want you to be encouraged in that. That's OK. Right. Right. You're human. That's right. And sometimes it is hard to leave crazy. You get right. so used to crazy yeah. that that peace just seems foreign to you. Right. But understand that that you do have a choice in every situation and you don't have to live like that. So when you do get sick and tired, right, you do still have choices. Exactly. And everybody's sick and tired is at a different level. It's a different level. What my sick and tired was um, when I was going through some situations is much different than what somebody else. But eventually you you will get to that point. Just, uh, I think you hit up on it. For me, it's about prayer. It was yes. about prayer, you know, uh, because I had to realize that the demonic forces which was going on oh, yes. around me. You know, I didn't. I mean, seeing people, and I know I'm kind of shifting away from the sexual abuse of it to the to the domestic, the physical, yeah, yeah, of it. Um, you know, it was kind of a norm to see, you know, people fight or couples fight. You know, it wasn't, yeah. but it did. It, you know, so. When you was going through this, and you see a couple that was, you know, uh, hitting one another, one thing, another, it was kind of like it was a, it was a norm. And I know, you know, it, that makes yeah. sense. But it was kind of something that you do. So then when you went through it, you know, my mama always had taught me, you know, you, you got to stand strong, you got to be strong, you know, and you never let, you know, no guy, you know, to push or hit up on you or anything like that. So, of course, my, you know, my my physical, my, my, my flesh was mm-hmm. like, you fight back. Yeah. You pick up. Yeah. You you use these and you fight back. And yeah. which I did, but I found out it was something much stronger that could yeah. that, you know could break that stronghold down. And that's, that's all, it. And yeah, and that was all about you know the mighty God Himself and prayer and just staying up to that. And when I started putting that start, putting my emphasis and focus up on 
of the spiritual side of me. Yeah. And all these things started happening and everything. Mm -hmm. And we, yeah, because when you when you, you find yourself more into that spiritual side, yeah, yeah. And realizing that you're not in this alone. You have God on your side. You have God on mm -hmm. your back. He is there. He is with He's you. There. And yeah. once you realize that, then that weight that you had on your shoulders is going to be gone. Yeah. And you know, and the, like you mentioned earlier, the devil is going to come in and kill, steal, and destroy. Definitely, and that's his job. Yeah. And like I said, and he started. He starts out early. Yes, he, he does. Out. He starts out starts coming to get you at an early stage. Yeah. I wanted to say, um, you know, I'm doing, I did a series um, a couple of weeks ago, beginning of July, I believe it was, called Demonic Entities. Yeah. And so, um, and I just want to speak on that real quick because what you're speaking of is called spiritual warfare. Mm -hmm. You know, it's spiritual warfare. And so, like you said, you were trying to fight this man physically, yeah. right? You yes. had to fight that thing in the spirit. Yeah, yeah. Because yes. you that, and that was why I'm like I felt guilty about giving up, but I was 120 pounds. I'm fighting a man. You know what I mean? He's they're bigger than us. They're stronger than us, right? I mean, naturally, physically, and so and you get you do this thing to yourself. You have to fight somebody spiritually. Yes. You got to put your whole armor of God on. You know what I mean? Some things you can't, you know, you trying to, you yeah. can't fight in the physical. You can't fight these things. They're demonic, right. you know, people and, and um, just speaking to people that um, are in those rages, because that's anger, right? Mm -hmm. That's demonic. And this is how I teach it. When the devil fell down from heaven, I thought that he just, it was just him that got kicked out of heaven. No, the devil fell down with with other angels. They call them fallen angels, right? Oh. My pastor used to say in Baltimore, Jamal Bryant, he's in um, Atlanta now, but he used to say the devil and his imps. And I could hear that, right? The devil and his imps. Who are the imps? They are the fallen angels that went with him. So when you think about the fallen angels, we live in the spirit. Angels are spirits, right? So think about those fallen angels. What is anger? What is jealousy? Because what happens in these domestic violence situations, right? It's a bit, it's a route of anger. It's mm -hmm. jealousy. It's something going on in them, right? Shame, guilt, procrastination, like all those are spirits. And those are demonic spirits. We're not born with those. Those people doing that stuff, they weren't born this way. Right. right. These spirits come on and come off of you. Yeah. Um, my, I was in a relationship and um, was in a domestic violence situation. And I literally felt like I saw horns coming from this man's head. Mm -hmm. And when you think of when I thought about this man and, and I had known him for almost 15 years at that point. Mm -hmm. Very sweet man. What happened? Right. Spirits jump on and they jump off you. It's an uncomfortable conversation. People are like, oh, my God. Seriously, you're trying to fight people in, but once you realize that it's a spirit, you have the power to fight these spirits off. That's that's my message, and that's what I want to tell people. You can't fight things in the in the physical. Sometimes you got to go to a spiritual realm, and that's why the spirit is necessary. Why you in these demonic situations, mm -hmm. you know, and the spirit will tell you when it's time to move. Yeah. Some people don't make it. Yeah. Some people exactly. get killed. Right. 
it's something, it's some whispers in you like, hey, get away. Go. That day that I saw them on, some said, close your door right now, didn't I? <laughs> Whatever's going on out there on that other side of that door, let it be. Exactly. Don't do arguing back and forth. Close that door. Mm-hmm. You got to pay attention to the sign. Pay attention to it. Spiritual eye on. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, at least for me, that's how it was. You got to take off, you know, this this human eye and start picking yeah. up spiritual eye. Exactly. Yeah. And you start seeing these things. And I mean, the signs are there. And the signs you, are always there. Exactly. And you start realizing it's like, hey, look, you know, let me start looking at me. Let me start changing me because... I don't know what you're going to do, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I try to help one thing or another, yeah. but maybe this, maybe the lesson in for it is for me. Maybe it was for me. And I think a good pastor friend told me that he was like, he, you know, talking about, you know, you want to pray for this man to change, you know, so on, so on, God come in that and he was like, well, maybe the message ain't for him. Maybe the lesson and all that is for you. And Definitely. then I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, what do you know? But then I started after so many certain the situ- situations kept repeating itself. Now I can hear you mm-hmm. loud and clear. You're the common denominator, right? Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's one of the things that I, I I teach in my program because at the end of the day, what I realized while I was pointing fingers, looking at everybody else, and doing and, and blaming everybody and whatever else, while you have all these fingers pointed at this one finger, it's three fingers pointed back at you. Yep. You yep. gotta take some accountability. Why were you in the relationship? Why did you allow it to last that long? Exactly. What were you doing? Right. Yep. The right. guy that came to the house that day, I was cheating with him. That's why he thought it was okay to come and just kiss me. He didn't, you know, we we were in, in relation before and I had been cheating in the past. Mm-hmm. So he thought it was okay. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I had to take responsibility for that. Right. You know what I mean? We Is it okay that am I saying that? I'm not saying that it's okay and it was right. I'm just saying I still had to look at myself. What role did I play? Yeah. 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 Right. And some people, you know, it's and it's a hard thing because some people are like, wait a minute, he didn't. De-. It's none of that. It's not that he deserved or we deserved or it was okay or any of that. But it is when you get to a point where you can look in your relationships that you've been in. Why was I in a relationship for four years with somebody that wasn't on my level? Like, why? Mm-hmm. Why did I allow that situation to even happen? You gotta take it, gotta look at what that's the unworthiness in the belly. Right? You gotta take a look at those things. And until you can, until you can, like your friend told you, like the pastor told you, until you can take a look and own that thing, you're gonna be stuck. You're chained. It's a subconscious stronghold. You wanna continue to get in the same relationships over and over and over again. Because why would you change? Right, exactly. And see, yeah, that that that's some strong, that's some powerful stuff because it had become a pattern, you mm-hmm. know, where I've been in abusive relationships. You know, all right, I go back to an abusive relationship. Yeah, back to the unworthiness in the belly. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, man, that's some powerful stuff. So, on your podcast, I know that we've just got a few moments of time left. Um, on your podcast, um called Reflection, Choosing Me, Guilt Free. You also make mention of the imposter syndrome. Uh, My question is, is that um, 
do you think that imposter syndrome um could be is this you know is it a trait is it characteristic or somebody who has been sexually assaulted for? and i guess if you could let's explain what imposter syndrome is because some people may not know what imposter syndrome is yeah, I, let me tell you something. That imposter syndrome is something. I had no idea. I had no idea. So if you are trying to say be in a fresh new relationship, right? And like you said, you went back. Yep. If you're trying to, you know, uh go into this new life, and it is almost as if you feel as if you're you're telling yourself subconsciously that you're not worthy, and so you will sabotage. You will sabotage that thing. You will sabotage that new great relationship. You will sabotage a good work environment. You will sabotage anything that you feel like that is supposed to be taking you to this next level. All the things that you say that you want, right? And it definitely, definitely goes back to unworthiness. I think it does, uh, you know, happen to women that are in domestic situations. It happens to, you know, it happens to people that mainly, um, have done something generally in their past, most likely from childhood, that they haven't processed this unprocessed trauma. Yeah. It's shame and guilt in your belly. Again, un it's unworthiness that you just haven't dealt with, you haven't identified. And so you're definitely sabotaging yourself. And so it does happen, definitely does happen to, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people. And I, and I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea. You're like, you know, you're saying you want all these things. I want a great relationship. I want this. And it's seemingly it's everything is right there. Mm -hmm. Instead of making the phone calls, you sit around all day. Think about it. Yep. You know what I mean? Instead of, <laughs> right? Instead of, you know, going and taking the steps, you just sabotage yourself. Yeah. And, it's, and it's almost as sad. And then, um, but the beautiful part about it all is that all of these things are things that you can fix. They're all things once you recognize what you're doing, mm -hmm. you know, because in, in moments like that, it's everybody else's fault. It's not your fault. You're not taking accountability for anything. Exactly. It's and just as to why it's not working out in your mind. Yeah. And that was going to be my next question. What do you think or some recommendations in order to overcome whether it be in this in worthiness of the imposter syndrome. And I think that very important is number one is looking inside and, you know, come to terms with it. And then two, I would probably suggest with me accountability. What other suggestions would you, you have to share? Yeah, for me, the only reason why I knew it was there is because I did a program called it was Louise Hayes Mirror Work. It's available on Amazon. It's $12.99. It is a work. It's a little little tiny book, Mirror Work. But it definitely is being very intentional about your healing. You know, it is getting with somebody, it's getting with a therapist, you know, that might can help you through. It's getting with somebody that's going to be able to point these things out for you and be able to walk you through because it's hard to just see these things on your own. You, you have no idea they're even in there. You, you really don't. And so, um, but it is getting very intentional about acknowledging, but Louise Hay mirror work was, it was one, like I said, I incorporate that in my program because going and just taking a look in the mirror in every day, dealing with, yourself, <laughs> why you've made the decisions that you've made, why you've allowed the people to be in your life, 
You know what I mean? It's some tough, hard conversations. So I, I call myself, um, the, the program is Reflections Choosing Me Guilt-Free because it is the elephant in the com in the room conversations that you need to have with yourself, you know, to identify these things. And so it is, it is just taking a very good look in the mirror and being very honest with yourself, you know, but it is with somebody that you trust. And so that's why I said, you know, in a program, or, you know, what your therapist is, you know, two of the things that I will recommend. I definitely will recommend you trying to walk those things by yourself because a lot of stuff is going to come up. You have no idea yeah. what all is coming up. Even in my program, I like I said earlier, I'm not a therapist. So I say, hey, we're going to, you know, walk through some things. I'm going to show you some things, but I need you to, <laughs> wow. you know, we'll look up a therapist and, and figure out which one is best for you, depending on what all you've been through. And so, so your program, I know that you got the seven day, 10 day, um, is there, do you offer like ongoing support to people, you know, kind of tell us a little bit more about your program and, and how people, if they wanted to get in contact with you to, you know, let them know how to get in contact with you and, and reach out to you. Yes. And so um, what happens is it depends on, you know, what you want. Um, generally, what is going when I do the intake, I always do an intake. And so when I do the intake, I can pretty much tell how much time you'll need. And so um, it is a paid program. And so depending also, I don't like people to not do the program because of money, because they don't have the money. So we always can work out a payment plan or whatever. But. Um, I do like to go through and I make myself available. And so if you're in the program, um, I set up one day, always one day is given. When I do your intake, I might say like I did a, a young lady this weekend and I was like, you know, because of all that she's been through, she needs to see me two days a week. And so I'm sorry, let me plug in my, my, um, my computer just gave me a, a, a message like battery. Okay, I'm like, I don't want it to cut off. I don't cut off. Okay, there we go. <laughs> but um, and so I always um offer offer myself as a resource because you need to talk these things out. You know what I mean? We're we're going through and we're figuring things out for you, and then also just to have a support. And so then I give you um you have a direct line to me. You know, so if you need if something happens in between our sessions and you need to talk to me, we're talking, you know, I make myself available. So um, I think that's the different and unique part that I, I personally love and people have, you know, people personally like that. Um, you know, it is if I am busy, hey, I'm in a meeting, give me 30 minutes or whatever. And I, you know, I can get back with you so that I am a, a, a quick resource, you know, because therapy sessions, you kind of, you know, that's once a week or twice or whatever, you know, that whole thing. But, you know, I just try to make myself readily available. And that's why I don't take on a lot of people because I do pride myself in being available, you know? And so, um, and so we just, I literally just opened a new session yesterday. And so I am taking new clients uh, right now. And so um, if anybody is interested, I have a phone number. You definitely can call me 
618-618-1016. We'll schedule an appointment, do an intake, and then uh, we kind of go from there. And the intake is because you have to be ready, right? Again, these are these are not comfortable conversations. It's not something a lot of people like to volunteer for. So you have to be ready. So I just want to be realistic with you. There's some things it's going to be. It's not going to be comfortable So as some days, but we do get you to a good place, though. And so I'm really happy about that. Okay. okay. Well, this has been uh, a pleasure. Um, we're coming to wrapping it up our interview. Yes. And I hope this won't be the last time that you will, you know, be on this platform. Because we want you to have, you know, of course, of course. I mean, not only are you an amazing lady from what Thank we you. have met, um, you know, just through the emails and video conferences, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, God's definitely got a calling on your life and yeah. you're fulfilling it, you know. Um, you have inspired us. You know, oh, thank you. You know what we're doing, and to get out there to keep using this platform to reach and to touch people and connect people. So I thank you for that. Um, anything you want to? Uh, I just want to thank you. Just thank you. for taking the time out with us. And um, like my mom mentioned, like you, you have inspired me. Um, you know, to go go back and start talking about my issues in, in the past with, with the um, assault, you know, that I have went through. Yeah. So for so long, like, as now, like, I still hold it in. So, I mean, just talking to you, I learned a lot today. Thank and I know you. you talk about this, and, and um, that thought just came to my mind, is one thing when we were defining uh, sexual assault and rape and everything, and I know that, like, in some you know, uh, survivors in which I've spoken with before, they said that, well, they really didn't think about it because they didn't feel like their situation was at a level as somebody else's situation. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody who may, you know, been jogging down the street, got, you know, sure. thrown down and violently and forcefully, and it happened like that, as opposed to somebody you in the situation, you know, maybe yeah. kids may have been dating and then you're saying no but however that person just continued to go on so there were some different types of levels of the definitions of what was actually a sexual assault so i think that the educational piece of that yes. you know is definitely going to be helpful and having these places and everything like that to let people know that hey you know you're not alone in this you know and we can work at your pace at your level you know where you're at but just you know reach out, get help, um, make sure that you're calling um, the Great Crisis uh, line. And uh, we don't have information posted up on um, the uh, our Facebook page and our website too as well. Um, well and I've- we have the, the National Domestic Violence Hotline, the 800-799-7233. Yeah, use those, use those. Um, and as well as like for us here locally, um, we started an organization called Black Women with Voices, and we wanted to raise awareness to the uh, physical and sexual abuse of yeah. the women that were going through this situation and look for the resources. Uh, we plan on trying to get that back, you know, started again. 
So reach out to us at any time, 573-289-3599 or 573-250-8817. Yes, and you can also hit us up on this platform, shoot us an email or, you know, um, an email, whatever resources, but first keep yourself safe. Always make sure that you're keeping yourself yes. safe if you're going through, you know, a situation like this. Um, but we're here. We'll be your short support system, help you to get your resources, you know, that you need, and uh, help you to get, hopefully to get your life back up on track and, and believing up in you. I encourage you to reach out to Michelle. She's Don't an forget awesome lady. To like, share, subscribe yes. to her page. Yes, YouTube. she's on YouTube. Reflection. At reflection, see, choosing me, yeah, choosing me guilt free, CMGF. Yes, and then you can always hit us back up to as well. I don't think that we have any questions, but you're out there. Um, we are going to be in contact, Michelle. We're going to bring you back here maybe in the next couple months or so so we can kind of wrap up the conversation or moving forward. Let's let's get back together and yes, talk about you know, things which we may have. Uh, you know, uh, found some more solutions to, or, you know, resourceful and keep spreading this message of trying to help people and break that stigma mm -hmm. and get back to being mentally healthy, resolving. Yes. Okay. Yes. Y'all are wonderful. Y'all are wonderful. It's amazing. I'm so proud of y'all. That is just amazing. Thank yes. You. And I said, you know, to have a mother daughter team is, it's a unique, you know, thing, but it is, it's a necessary, it's just necessary. And so, I just, I, I pray, you know, that just many, many blessings upon everything that you guys are doing. And so it is very necessary. Oh. And so please reach out to me if you need to. You and I can talk, girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, so call me, call me. Well, all right. We'll reach now. Thank you so much, Michelle. Thank you, Michelle. All right. Bye-bye. Good night, family. Good night, family. Oh, love you. <laughs> love you. All right. Until next week, uh, we will talk about it next Tuesday at 7 o'clock Central Standard Time. Our guest will be Kalina Powell. Um, and that's going to be an awesome episode. So we'll see you guys then. Make sure you tune in, Michelle. Bye. 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 <laughs>